armies draw near, and to my prayer incline, in arts gymnastic, and in fraud divine. Dire weapon of the tongue which men revere, be present, Hermes, in thy suppliant here. Welcome to Third Eye Bind, episode 47, Ancestry. I'm Laura. And I'm Caitlin. And welcome back to Third Eye Bind. Welcome. Hi. 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 This week, <laughs> we are talking about ancestry. ancestry. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's right. But before we get to that, um, if you like us and you'd like to support the show, please rate, subscribe, tell your friends, even... Donate to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash third eye bind. You can get a sticker pack and sleep at night knowing you're helping this independently run podcast stay running. Yes. Yes. Because Laura and I both work lots of jobs. Lots of jobs. Besides this one. (laughs) And we appreciate how much you appreciate us. And we also appreciate your support, however it is you're able to give it. So yes. thank you. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. And we also have merch. We do have really cool merch. We have merch. Caitlin is wearing our Hermes tee. Mm-hmm. And I am wearing a logo sweater. Mm-hmm. Third Eye Bind. It's a conversation starter. It's an iconic piece in your wardrobe. And Tell me that's not like the cutest logo you've ever on. seen, though. Third Eye Bind, and it's just rolling its eyes. With like, the little on. lightning bolts. You know. It's amazing. I think it's really cute. It's art. So <laughs> you can catch that over on uh, the link in the show notes. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, new deck new alert. New deck. New deck alert. By the time this airs, I think the offerings oracle that Caitlin created will be available for purchase. Yeah. You can actually buy it on my website. Oh, now. Right okay. now. Okay. I thought you may have run out because it's so popular. <laughs> so this is the Offerings Oracle that Caitlin created a while ago, and I finally got my copy. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do today, since this episode is about ancestry, and this deck is about offerings to your good spirits, we are going to pull an additional card along with our... Uh, our regularly scheduled Sirens of Song tarot deck, which I designed and created, we're going to also pull an Offerings Oracle card to supplement our reading for today. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm going to open this up. It's I'm beautiful. Really excited. Ah! If you're not watching, it's like a cloudy red, sort of devilishly good yeah. color with like these really beautiful gold foil accents, and it's a magnetic box. And I'm opening it. Ooh, yes. And there's a really cute uh, pattern on the inside with a cake, uh, some cards, a skull, a rose, a pentacle, all things I like. Mm, The lining is my favorite part. The lining is really fun. I also really like the collage styling with with how the cards are. Thank you. Are designed. It's fun. Schmanks. So I am, ooh, for the first time, look at these gold... I love a foiled edge. I know. As we know. Laura really helped me so much when it came to the creation of this deck. Laura was able to connect me with an amazing manufacturer who was able to They're make really it great. 
exactly the way I wanted it. Exactly. Uh, the, the gold foil is just It's like really good. pure. <laughs> it's really nice. It's ultra rare. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's ultra rare. It's Buga de Pepo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to... Sh- okay, you go okay. ahead first. I just want to sort of touch this. Okay. Ancestry. Oh, that's it. Okay. I see Mary J. Blige on the card. The King of Cups. Yes. I pulled the King of Cups. And I think a lot of things. Which part do I want to say first? There's something so filling and comforting in knowing who it is that you come from. Knowing what people, what land, especially if you are a diasporic person, um, there is something so important about knowing who it is and where it is that you come from. And in a world where so many of us are seeking out belonging, Where am I supposed to be? It is in knowing our ancestors that we realize that we belong with them and that there's space for us at their table. And we don't have to look outside of ourselves for that validation, but rather turn within and turn to our altars Mm -hmm. to find that place in the world. And what I love so much about ancestral veneration is that no matter how little you know about your ancestors, your ancestors know you. Mm. They know who you are. So even if you are a displaced person, if you are an adoptee, if white supremacy has wiped away your ability to connect with those that you come from, Your ancestral spirits show you the way and they will make sure that you can know them so that you feel better knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. And the King of Cups really is about the energy of being able to pour love outwardly, to be so full that you are able to give unto others. And I really do think that that's one of the beautiful benefits of having a spiritual ancestral connection i also really like the quote on this card (laughs) got my head on straight i got my vibe right i ain't gonna let you kill it um you know while our spirit guides offer us support and guidance and wisdom they don't really uh, they tend to reserve judgment right but Mm. our ancestors aren't afraid to be like no. <laughs> mm, right. Knock it off. Not no. that one. Not that oop, not that thing. Not that person. And it's their opinions that kind of help us. Not all of them, but it's a lot of them. <laughs> our well ancestors. It's their opinions that help us keep our head on straight. Yeah. And help us remember what it is we are supposed to be doing in this lifetime. And remember that we are capable of taking the steps forward in order to make our dreams come true. And I think that's so cool and comforting and awesome comforting is 
is the key word for me. Like mm-hmm. knowing as someone who doesn't visually see the dead, <laughs> the feelings and knowing and the f- sense of comfort is something tangible to me mm-hmm. that's that's accessible to me. And I think it sort of goes into what we were talking about with performance and with the cult episode is, is it helps. They're like a nice cheerleading section for you and of the team of you. And it's support. You feel supported. You feel known and acceptance from within, which is sort of the goal. I mean, and that sort of connection and, and sense of comfort is what strengthens your inner boundaries as well, mm. I think, and helps, <clears throat> whoa, and helps you keep, you know, on the straight and narrow per se and on your path and on what you're meant to be and where you're going and not get distracted by things like cults and predators and not to fall as easily for those things. Mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting. I'm yeah. going to pull an Oracle card now. Please pull a card. And I don't, really know like what I know what the deck is I've seen the deck but I I just want to pull it's a surprise I just want to pull a card to supplement what this episode is about I know this whole deck is about <laughs> offerings and connecting with your good spirits and such but I I just want a little more specificity of what to okay Music. That's beautiful. Which makes sense as we are a a trickster, an alter, digital alter to the trickster. Music and Hermes particularly with the lyre Mm -hmm. and with innovation. That makes a lot of sense to me Mm. for for this episode. Personally as well. But um, that's interesting. What do you think? I think that music is, you know, sometimes... What is this card? Yeah, what is this card's purpose? I think that folks can get really caught up in, like, what do I give to my spirits? Yeah. What do I give to them? And it doesn't always need to be, like, lavish gifts or big cakes or things like that. I think we've kind of touched on this in a few different episodes, but playing music for your spirits is such a beautiful offering. And when you're trying to connect to your ancestry, playing the music that they would want to listen to Mm -hmm. is a really great way to pour back onto them the same way that they pour into you. Right. And you said a (laughs) word that I think is really important. What did I say? Acceptance. Acceptance. I think so many of us share the struggle of not feeling fully seen or accepted by our families of origin. Mm-hmm. And it is painful. <laughs> yeah. When, you know, even the parents with the best of intentions don't always fully understand us no. or see us or agree with us. And there's something so beautiful about working with my own ancestors and working with clients. And when ancestors come forward and say, like, I see you. You're actually a lot like me. Mm-hmm. We see you. Yeah. You're like yeah. us. Yeah. You're not the only one, especially with like my queer clients. Yeah. 
to have other queer and trans ancestors come through and they're like, wait, (laughs) not only do you accept me, you're like me. Mm -hmm. It's just such a moment, like a beautiful moment of tenderness. And it feels good to know that like even if at home – you don't feel that acceptance. There are people in your bloodline who are like, no, I mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. I get it. I support it. I'm about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That for me as a like a magical person and a, and someone who identifies as a witch, mm-hmm. that's important to me because I know there were other magical people before me. Mm-hmm. I know it's probably far back. And it feels a little distant at times, but it also does not feel distant. And that sort of acceptance is is important to me because I am like a solo practitioner. Mm-hmm. I think it's important for us to like have that support system and to seek that out because I, don't, I know there's people that don't always – seek that out, you know, ancestral support and things like that. And that's okay. But, you know, for me, it's like a big mystery. Like it's a big, it's not, I know my bloodline and we'll talk about ours in a minute, but like the magical aspects of it sometimes is like what I'm only interested in. (laughs) And I think there's other tidbits that I miss, but I'm like, well, I want to find the like, where's the weirdos? You know what I mean? But (laughs) then there's, you know, people that are closer to me in time Mm -hmm. that I know are there and are important. And I'm like, well, what what are you there for? That's random, (laughs) you know? So it's, it's interesting the way they show up and, and versus like who you seek versus who shows up. Yeah. Sometimes it's surprising who actually shows up for you. Yeah. Like I have an ancestor who came up when I was in a reading with, um, uh, a Babalao and he was like, there's a nun with you. She's your <laughs> relative. I was like, uh-huh. a nun? Uh, none. <laughs> Nonsense. Does she like Nonsense. me? <laughs> Is she upset? He's like, she loves you. And right. I'm like, oh, okay. And then it also made me think about how like in certain, for certain women who went into the convent, like that was a place where mystics could go. Right, to yeah. hide and to feel somewhat protected yeah. in the midst of all of the chaos. So yeah. it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, That that's part of it that I'm just now, like, getting into because I guess I have to sort of get into my background. Mm-hmm. I, as I talked about, was not raised with religion at all. Um, which allowed me freedom, I believe, to find myself very early mm. on um, and sort of do whatever I wanted with it and <laughs> develop my own discernment and things like that. But um, m- my Azorian ancest- Portuguese ancestors were deeply religious, mm. <laughs> deeply Catholic, still are like – the Azores have like little mini churches and things like that. Like, and I wonder, I often, cause I don't know a lot about Catholic. I don't know a lot about Catholicism or Christianity. So I am curious how that would affect me or allow me to connect with them without it being like a weird toxic thing for me. Cause I'm, I just don't know. Mm. 
You know what I mean? Like, because I know, like, folk Catholicism and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I know at some point in my past, like, that happened, you know, like. But it's interesting, like, the saints and the things that I, I've sort of begun to. There was Greek deities were available to me growing up. Mm -hmm. And so those are the energies I connected with and sort of made sense of a pantheon, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the very Roman and Greek deities and mythology is very widespread. It's what you learn. It's what, so that's sort of what I used and used to make sense. Mm -hmm. But lately in the past few years, I've been speaking on energies as if to say like Venus energy, mm-hmm. Aphrodite energy, because something, I know there's more deities that are evocative of these 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 things that I am drawn to and I work with, but I don't necessarily know who they are. Specifically the yes. name, because there's a lot of lost prophets, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of lost gods and goddesses. And it's really sad because, mm-hmm. you know, Aphrodite's popular, you know, Hecate is very popular and they're popular for a reason, but it's like, I know that within my own mix of ancestry, there are deities I don't know the names of and I want to know the names of. So I've begun to speak on like any deities that I work with or or work with or enjoy their energies in a sense of like blank energy. You know what I mean? To sort of like um, open up like to lessen the specificity and to open up the possibility mm. of the knowledge that I don't already know. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Because the language does, it does well, matter. And when you think about the Roman empire, something yeah. that they had a habit of doing amongst many other things yeah. is taking local deities and renaming yeah. them after their own. Yeah. So like this yeah. is, uh, like Aphrodite of the Nile. This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh-huh. so they would name them of the place and it would cover up these local uh-huh. deities and spirits. and The speci- real specific exactly. ones. If you're trying to research, mm-hmm. it's difficult. It's difficult because of yeah. imperialism. Yeah, yeah, just things uh, getting conquered. And, and yeah. I think like what you're saying is really awesome because it does open you up to yeah. those like unknowns or lesser knowns. And I think that may, that may, I may or may not be right, but like, I think that probably is attractive to my ancestors and that's probably why I'm doing it mm-hmm. is because they're like, we want you to know us and know these things. And I want to know them and know these mm-hmm. specific details and things. And I think just subconsciously or consciously, whatever, like I'm doing that as a response to seeking out that connection, yes, you know, yeah. which I think is pretty interesting. That's one of the things I love about folk Catholicism too, is that because the saints have been syncretized with so many different spirits and across so many right. different cultures by engaging with the saints, by engaging with the blessed mother and her mm-hmm. many different apparitions, like they really open the door to you meeting the spirits who may hide behind their masks yeah yes and I think yes. that's cool the image of masks mm-hmm. and yes that's exactly what I was gonna say that's mm-hmm. so funny and I think that's why after like the great schism uh and later sects of Christianity did away with Marian and yeah. saint yeah. worship you're not allowed to have those things in other versions of Christianity and I think it's because they realized 
there's power in connecting people with more ancient spirits through their images, power that they can't control. Yeah. They can't stop. Yeah. Because the energy of something is still there, Mm -hmm. whether you want it to be, whether you name it something or not. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that like these things manifest regardless of what you call them. Mm -hmm. And that's their power. That's the power of the energy's existence. Like it just perpetuates itself. And yeah, it's just interesting how things can get trapped and rechanged and all these things. And so for instance, I'm like, okay, what were the pagan gods of the Azores? Mm -hmm. And the Azores was founded. There weren't like, there weren't indigenous people to the Azores that we know of. Mm. When they got there, there were no people. When the Portuguese went there, there were no people living currently on that land. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, okay, well, who are the, what was the, who were the pagan gods of Portugal? Mm -hmm. And then that gets to like Iberian people. Mm -hmm. And then that gets me into like, like Galicia, right? Yeah, Galicia had Celts. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the yes, Galicia, and then, hold on, where is it? Lusitania. Jesus Christ. Cool. Okay. So then you get into, like, Lusitanian stuff, and, like, the, yes, and so it's, like, how, yeah, it's, like, seeking out these very specific things mm-hmm. that some of them have record of, but then, but then how much of that is literal research and how much of that is spiritual connection research? You know what I mean? Which is what you help people with. Mm-hmm. That's that's interesting to me. I think it's a good combination of both, right? Because like the paper trail can only get you so far. And when we find ourselves frustrated with the end of that trail, that's where leaning on intuition and divination mm-hmm. can become really, really helpful. Yes can become really helpful and even like one of the tools that I teach to like my diasporic um clients who have like no idea where they come from is like print a map and grab a pendulum yeah print a map and grab a pendulum and start there Mm -hmm. and let the good spirits like show you where on the map they want you to dig deeper into and like it's fun it's hide and seek and it's hard also because it's like oh but if I do this I don't have tangible evidence but like it's okay yeah it's okay it's not for anyone else yeah but you yeah to have that comfort to have that sense of knowing so like there's nothing to prove it's not like you're trying to be the spokesperson of a place you've never been right people you've never met yeah you're just trying to understand who you are and yeah what are these spiritual tools for if not to help us know ourselves more fully Mm mm-hmm That's very true. Yeah. And, you know, a way that I like to teach people to connect with their ancestral spirits if they don't know where to begin, something really simple is just to, like, set out a little table, and it can be a shelf, it can be a folding table, doesn't matter what it is, big, small, whatever you have, and put a white cloth down and a glass of water and a white candle. And out loud, dedicate that space to your wise and well ancestral spirits and let them know out loud that like this water mm-hmm. is for you. May this light guide you closer to me and let them know you want to hang out. You want to have relationships yeah. with them. And then you'll start noticing the little ways 
that they signal you through the environment around you. Mm-hmm. Wanting to read a certain book, wanting to watch a certain show, those all become little messages from your spirits that help you on the like uh, treasure hunt to mm-hmm. self-discovery. That's so fun. Mm-hmm. Something I've come across too is speaking on like popularity and what's what's the most prevalent and widespread um pagan belief system right it's Mm -hmm. the celts it's what modern neo-pagans use a lot of the imagery and things and for me it's (laughs) for me it's a little hard to connect with that sometimes because it's just always in my face Mm. which is sad because i'm very scottish (laughs) You were Celt. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. British, Scottish, German, Portuguese. Mm-hmm. It's my big four with some stuff. <laughs> but like, you know, it's I don't know. It's like just it, it's commodification. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. It not as fun. It yeah. makes it not as fun. And I'm definitely the person that's like, oh, that's overhyped. I'm not going to go yeah. see that. And I also and wonder, like, like, how so legit, sad. like, how legit is most of the information we get exactly. about Celtic that too. spirituality? Because yeah. a lot of it is just so, look, Whitewash. I'm an but, author, I'm a publisher, <laughs> information gets written by somebody, and then someone reads that, and then writes their version of it, and mm-hmm. someone reads that, and, write, and, it, and it just kind of waters down and mixes in, and whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm sort of not interested in that at all. I'm sort of interested in, like... With Celtic stuff, like I just want, I just want to find my own connection and not, and I am, but it's, it, I have, there's trepidation and I don't want my ancestors to be like, we're in their Celts being like, well, Q or whatever (laughs) they sounded like, but (laughs) it sounded like Shrek, what they sound like, just kidding, but I know that belongs to me too. Mm -hmm. And I want to, I just don't, I just don't like when things are overly, and that's not even to get into like appropriation and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. That's a whole nother thing that we should talk about. I just don't know how accurate it is. And also I just don't know. The Celts were all over the place, right? Like there were, there were so many different regions where Celts settled before Europeans started conquering themselves. Before they started conquering black and brown people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, and I'd I'd have to imagine that Celtic lifestyle and spirituality varied from place to place. Exactly. So, like, whatever we're getting in... Celtic is a very broad term. It's such a broad term, yeah. And, yeah, there were main areas, and Scotland is definitely a big area with a lot of preserved... Mm-hmm. information but i'd rather like go to scotland and learn about it than yeah. learn about it from some like neo-pagan book yeah neo-pagan just doesn't do it for me you know and look i guess technically i am a neo-pagan but yeah <laughs> but, I'm, but like it i don't like every, i don't know i just don't there's i don't trust people there's stuff there's, in the neo-pagan there's a lot of iffy there's stuff iffies. <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. so yeah. you're scottish English. English. I always throw that one away. I'm like. (laughs) And German. German. It's another big one. Wow. Germanic stuff is interesting. Do you know from where in Germany your ancestors are from? I think Hamburg was the most recent. Really? Yeah. We 
Why? Where in Germany were mine from? It's something we twins. Oh, we have some interesting little connections. No but way. Is it the I'm same? I'm Celtic too, but yeah. I'm Celtic by way of Galicia, not yes. by Scotland. Yeah. But let me just pull up my. I am. But very like, blessed. I might also be Galicia. We don't know. We don't really know. Because, yeah, it's, it's uh, definitely your neighbor. Okay, let's see. What in what what in your bloodline is Galicia pop up? Like, how did you get to there? So I. Toesies. Toesies. So the Galician connection is from my dad's paternal grandmother. Got it. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) So you have like specific person to where you can discern it. Because oral tradition is really important on both sides of my family. Nice. And the elders on both sides of my family, like one of the things we did at events, at like events, <laughs> at like holidays would be like recounting yeah. all of the different people we come yeah. from and are related oh, that's cool. to. And that's when I great. was younger, I was like, why are we talking about this again? But now as I'm older, like every time I go visit my mom or every time I visit my grandfather, yeah. I ask them to do it for yeah. me. And oh, I start writing all that down. That's amazing. So that I can keep track because... Yeah. I I feel like if you have the privilege of having living grandparents or even great grandparents, Mm -hmm. while you can, like, take advantage of being able to ask them those questions. And they might not have all of the answers. If you ask them enough, they'll know something that you didn't know before. They'll tell you something. Even my mom. I'm like, I didn't know that. Right. What are you talking about? Oh, no. We were from Hesse Darmstadt, Germany. Ah. So my (laughs) maternal great-great-grandfather... Friedrich Wilhelm Friedrich Baltz. Friedrich Wilhelm Baltz uh, was born in Germany, and he was um, Ashkenazi Jewish. They were Eastern yeah. European Jews, and they came. He came with his brother to Mexico in eighteen nice forty something like that. Wow, eighteen forty. Cool and cool. I mean. Mm. Cool, because you're here, but cool because I'm here, but and that's not, something but I not, constantly but also, have to remind yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, but, but I'm also, here, yeah. and that's cool. <laughs> not not lo- cool, like yeah, that cool, was cool. Like he married my 14 year old indigenous right. great great grandmother. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'm not gonna get into the lore, but yeah, and many women after her. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of people with the last name Baltz because the Baltzes they bolted around. They bolted around. <laughs> Yeah. And there's still my his brother's house is like a historical oh wow landmark. Oh wow. It's like a teeny tiny modest adobe house in Yuma, Arizona because oh, that's wow. where they moved from Mexico. Huh. Um and it's still there. It's called the Baltz house. Whoa. <laughs> that's crazy. But yeah, we have that German connection. That's so funny. Yeah. And then so like on my mom's side I'm like a mixed bag (laughs) so my mom's paternal grandfather his mom was indigenous and his dad was eastern European Jewish right and then his wife um, Benedicta Caño they were Mexican uh, by way of Spain they were from uh, hmm, Leon (laughs) 
Leon's. <laughs> Castile and Leon's. Mm. Um, that's where they came from. And then eventually to Los Angeles. And then on my dad's side – well, and then, okay, my mom's dad – was Italian, but they mm-hmm. were Romani Italian. Mm-hmm. So they like moved all around mm-hmm. southern Italy, Calabria, all over the place mm-hmm. until they finally came to West Virginia and settled in Appalachia. Yeah. Like well, your my, family. My German ancestors went there mm-hmm. and they hung out and they did some, probably some magic shit. Some magic shit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Appalachia is such an interesting place because. Yeah. It really became, I mean, after the Trail of Tears. Right. Um, it became like a refuge almost for immigrants who mm-hmm. were poor. Yeah. yeah. Newbies. Newbies. Truly. Yeah. I think a lot of their their magical practices got mixed together into what now is yes. like Appalachian like magic. Yeah. And that's something I've been interested in learning more about because I do feel called to that. Me too. Even though I am from California and like, but I, you know, mm-hmm. I feel, I feel some vibes. Me too. And I kind of want to go there in a safe place and, <laughs> and learn during more. The day. I want to go there during, during the, the day. day. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah, it's, I never was interested in that area until a few years ago when I started thinking about this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I know I've been thinking about my mom's dad a lot lately yeah. and I keep hearing like John Denver take me home country road mm. a lot like in my head over mm-hmm. and over again. I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right. I'll I hear you, West Virginia Mountain some- Mama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to go in a cave or something. Yeah. There's some weird, there's some weird stuff that goes on there. There are very mm-hmm. interesting spirits there. For sure. And a lot of cool cryptids, which I'm As I've been learning more about Appalachia, at least what I can, that's not through oral tradition, I realize like little quirks about and superstitions and sayings that like my grandfather used to say that I'm like, oh, that comes back to here. Like Mm. that goes back to that place. And I think that's kind of cool making those connections. Yeah. Um, It's interesting. Yeah. It's cool. And I recently Mm. learned that even though most of them were from Calabria in Italy, like my one of my great grandmothers was from Sicily, oh, which cool. is like an island. It's mm. a little bit different, so it's kind of I don't know. Maybe one day we'll get to do like a oh, tour, a tu- like a in paid, White Lotus. Yes, <laughs> want a paid tour where we go and discover our ancestral mm-hmm. connection. I really want to go to the Azores. I've like, yeah. I want, I need to go there. That is the biggest, the biggest, it's, yeah, I mean, they came to California and other coastal towns because the, they're fishermen, mm-hmm. they're whalers, and the men and the women. And uh, when, you know, the country started getting colonized, mm-hmm. they hired those people, like in Massachusetts and things, in coastal towns to teach them how to, how to fish and whale and to work for them essentially mm-hmm. because they were you know poor and things were going on there and they wanted yeah. to leave so they settled in coastal communities which is where I'm from mm-hmm. I'm from the central coast of California and there's a huge Azorean bo- Portuguese population there mm-hmm. in my hometown for a reason mm-hmm. and so like the ocean is very important to me water is very important to me and uh 
fishing, although I am not very experienced at all. I did it a few times and it felt very like, like I feel like I could fish and eat the fish and like make it and like do all those things, Mm -hmm. but I've never done it, you know? Yeah. Like the sense of like thinking like, I know I could do that, but I haven't. (laughs) I've never even been on a boat. Really? Like a boat, like a boat boat. Yeah. Like a fishing boat out in the ocean. Or I've been on like a kayak. Mm -hmm. I think I was on a houseboat when I was like a baby. But like (laughs) I have never been on a cruise or a boat. Cruises freak me out. Yeah, me too. But like a fishing boat. My One of my best friend's husband is a commercial fisherman. So I need to go with him. That's cool. um, Yeah. But uh, yeah, I feel like I could like gut some fish. You know what I'm saying? You know, fishermen, that's like something else we have in common yeah. in our ancestry because so my dad's from Cuba yeah. and his dad. Islands. The islands. It's islands. The island girls. Uh, <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Island people. Island people. And my my paternal grandfather's mother, whenever I ask about them, it's no, they were always from Cuba. They were always from Cuba. And mm-hmm. I was like, what does that mean? And he's like, you know what that means. They're always from Cuba. So, like, we're indigenous on that side. Yeah. And, like, they were fishermen. They were coastal people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we were always fishermen on mm-hmm. that side. And then my grandfather's father was from the Canary Islands. And, like, the Azorians, people in the Canaries were, like, suffering from, like, major poverty yeah. because of colonialism. And yeah. they started plucking people from yeah. the Canaries to go work in Cuba after enslavement and human trafficking was abolished. So they needed to find new ways to exploit cheap labor. And so mm-hmm. that's how we ended up in Cuba because of him. Wow. So I know, right? <laughs> it's so interesting. From one island to another. From one island to another. From one coast to another. But like water's always been. Yeah. You know what's interesting? I need to be near it or I feel weird. I need to be near it. I love the ocean. I don't feel compelled to go. I don't want to go in, in the it. I feel a healthy fear just like my ancestors did. Yeah. There are a lot of lore about sea creatures, mermaids. Yes. Scary monsters. There's just so Portuguese much Kraken. I don't we'll know. We'll never know about the depths of the ocean. Yeah. And like, I um, don't need to find out. I don't need to do that. I don't need to find out. I don't need to. I don't want a deep sea dive. No. That's no, not that for me. Horrible. I also think I, I lived a whole life in there. I lived a whole ass <laughs> life in there. I was what a selkie or a yeah. seal, and I got eaten by a shark. We all know this. It's I don't need to. Your first episode, yeah, that happened to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't need. I don't need to go down Ooh. there. No, no. But I love to be near it. Me too. When I lived in New Mexico for like six months, I do like a desert moment. But it's weird. Desert's weird. The desert energy, I, I like it. it. I like it. I like going to Yucca Valley and all that. But like, it's like uh, going to Mars or something. It's like, not not, my home. not being near it. Mm-hmm. I was just painting mirages, like ocean mm-hmm. stuff, because I it it feels very claustrophobic to me to not be by mm-hmm. the ocean, and I get claustrophobic like. When I'm at a restaurant, I need to be on the end seat. When I go to the movie theater, I need to be on the end seat. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very much like, I need an open space near me. Yeah. And I think that has that maybe has to do with that a little bit. And yeah. it, that is ironic because my ancestors were from islands, but <laughs> where you can't really, but they're surrounded by, by open, water. Yeah. open, 
openness. Yeah, you're secluded on there, but you're, you know, you're protected and surrounded by something. By the, the Atlantic chance. is beautiful up there. Oh, my yeah. God. And these islands are just, they're volcanic. Yeah. There's like. So that good soil. It's a bunch of volcanoes, mm-hmm. too. So it's, I don't know. I really need Volcano to go there. Magic. Yeah, like, I want to study that whatever that is even the catholicism there like i just want to go and like you know Dude, vibe out the, i people would give me is so cool yeah <laughs> i know right well people would give me like saint things and stuff growing mm-hmm. up you know like saint christopher saint francis is that the animal guy Saint Francis. <laughs> yeah the animal there's a saint of like performance and music oh that's weird i know because I had a necklace that I lost, and I don't know why, but my neighbor, it wasn't from my family, it was from a neighbor who was not Portuguese, but he gave me this, like, saint, double-coined, like, saint necklace, and one set, because he was an actor, he's a performer, and one side was the saint of acting, and the other side was the saint of music, and I had it for a long time, and I lost it, like, maybe five or six years ago, and I, I don't, I maybe, I don't know. I I lost it though. It like disappeared off of my neck. Yeah. Which is weird. It happens sometimes. But it happens. Yeah. That's like I lost this necklace for a lot of years and then it turned up in my old roommate's oh, right. new oh, apartment. So if you look right here. Oh, this that's is right. Cuba. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's this the one you talked dad's. about on the podcast. Yeah. Um Right. This is kind of how one of the ways I stay connected to my yeah. ancestors is yeah. through my I wish I adornment. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> it's important. Like I wear my grandmother's necklace or my dad's Cuba charm. I would love to go to Cuba one day. I want to go too. I would really love to go. You could. To the places where my family is from. Our friend of the pod, Juliet Diaz, is mm-hmm. uh, Taino, indigenous, like heavily involved in the tribe so we can go we should just go we can go (laughs) i need to get a passport yeah i need to get a passport but especially with the spiritual speaking of juliet and speaking Mm -hmm. of you know the work that people do to amplify like lost voices Mm -hmm. It's important for us to listen to those people. And that's why I think when I see so much of the same Bridget's not, Bridget's not, Bridget, Mm -hmm. Bridget's probably like, excuse me? (laughs) No offense, babe. But just a a lot of the same imagery gets rolled around. It dilutes it for me. And Mm -hmm. I want to learn more about different people sometimes not to claim as my own but just to know it's out there and to to reinforce the idea that like witchcraft is a vast diverse Mm -hmm. global practice done by very different people Mm -hmm. and in many different ways and like i think that gets erased when it's just a lot of white voices with you know echoing their white ancestries Mm -hmm. Over or, and over like, and over, or mis or misappropriate other people, yeah. yeah, or even doing that when it's yeah. like, like just here's my dream catcher, yeah, here's my coyote skull, here's my bundle of white sage, <laughs> yes. and it's it's frustrating because when I try and tell people, hey, like that's not okay, 
it's like I have to explain it. And I'm like, it's not your culture. I bust that out, not to be a party pooper, but to like, when people are in denial about it, I have to, I have to say something. And like other white people need to say shit like that because that's how other white people listen. I really believe that it's like we have that's our that's on us to yeah. that's part of the like unlearning all this shit is like also sharing the unlearning with others and, exp- and and taking the time to explain it and have those conversations because I think that's part of our responsibility as like privileged ass people mm-hmm. is to do that especially in the witch community mm-hmm. and we've talked about it on the show before like our greatest power is found in our authenticity and when we don't know what our authenticity is a good place to discover what it may be is to look to your ancestry and I think that when folks start doing ancestry research um kind of like you said it's like but I want to find the part where they're doing magic yeah I want to find the part where they're doing the magic <laughs> yeah, so that it's hard I can not to see think that exact instructions oh I got my finger oh. for how to do the magic and you're not gonna find that what I encourage you exactly you're, you're not, not gonna, gonna find, find that. that I encourage people to look at like the mundane yes what did people do on the day-to-day yeah what region what was the like ecological it's boring research sometimes. What kind of plants grew around them? What kind of food did they eat? What kind of jobs did they have? Because that's where you're going to get the good inspo from. Yeah, like, okay, fishermen. Okay, they have folklore about that. Maybe mm-hmm. try and find the folklore. And we've talked about that before, trying to discern these little nuggets and then take what you want and sort of for yourself and then leave what doesn't call to you and just... It's research. It, it's research. It's, it's a lot research. of research. It's what animals are around them. Yeah. What can I learn from those animals? Yeah. Like it's it's a lot of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fun. It's not instantaneous and it's definitely not a signal for you to go and like think someone else's culture is cooler, so let's pick that one. Pick that one or whatever and it's <laughs> just reminds me uh, of like One time I was giving this reading to someone and (laughs) she was very sweet. She was a very sweet girl and like a bunch of her Celtic ancestors came through and she was like very, like she looked like the postcard for an Irish girl, like white, pretty, Mm, blazing green eyes. Okay, so like like starseed but a ginger? Uh, But no, she was blonde, but I think she died of blonde. Oh. But, like, very obviously of that region and all of these really cool ancestors came through and I was like, this one, this one, this one's saying this, this yeah. one's saying that. And at the end she was like, but I really always – oh, we went to the same high school, so this oh, is part of it. Yeah. Like, oh. I really have always just more identified with, like, Latina culture. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> look. Okay. And I was like, but babe, I just introduced you to so many cool humans that you come from that, that want to teach you your culture. A Southern California thing. I know. Look, <laughs> I grew up with Mexican culture, straight and it's up. Cool. I we grew love up to be with appreciated. all those people, amazing people, all that culture around me. Yeah. But I danced folklorico and I probably didn't just I was invited <laughs> to. Okay, they gave That's me the blonde bun. Like <laughs> I did all those things. Yeah. But I'm not Mexican. Yeah. I love Mexican culture. Yeah. It's familiar to me, but it's not something I 
own. Yeah. And like Laura's not decorating her house for the Adam <laughs> No. But I know about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I know. I know. I've I know. I'm well, knowledgeable about there's it. There's a difference between like appreciation yeah. and misappropriation. There's a big difference. And like yeah. yeah. When you have ancestors like coming through willing to share themselves with That's you. That's so sad. She's like, "Well, yeah, like okay, but you're not <laughs> that and I'm like also like unless Latinos you are, are so unless you are I don't know like, but tacos and lip liner yeah. like there's more here <laughs> than what you think you're getting and I'm yeah, hungry. I, just, I don't know why that po- I no, kind of had for forgotten real. about her and it just popped back into my mind right now we can have experiences with I'm the perfect example my last name is Wong I'm not <laughs> Chinese nor do I claim to be Chinese although I am very proud to have that as my last name because I think it's a traditional marriage. You know, it's it's I'm married into the family. Yes. It's fine. My family is Chinese, but I am not. Yeah. And I think it's I love it. I've I've always dated outside my race mm-hmm. because I think I've I I'm just attracted to who I'm attracted to. But yeah. like um I think it's a lot of other cultures have like great like family vibes and just like family's important and my family was like pretty closed off so Mm. and messed up but that's a whole nother topic but like (laughs) but I'm not doing it to trick people into like finding the Asian in my face or whatever which people do look for they're like maybe her dad's like Emma Stone maybe this Emma Stone (laughs) no but I'm very pro interracial marriage. It's something that was not always legal. Okay. I am very proud to be married to my husband. And, but I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not like talking in a weird accent and like wearing a, you know, traditional Chinese garb unless I'm asked to. Yeah. That's different. That would be different. But I'm not putting it, I'm not selling it. I'm not putting it on. Instagram you know when you appropriate something you are not appreciating it you're taking advantage of it you're exploiting it and so yeah when I talk about everything house every house cleansing is oh I got the white let me tell you I listen to hours hundreds and hundreds of hours of ghost stories Mm -hmm. 90 the the way that white sage has spread throughout the supernatural community is wild they to all me want the white and they stage. don't even know why no they just think that's what they've yeah, heard so that's they what they do urban outfitters yes exactly Ex- and yeah exactly and urban outfitters over harvests it from like gabriolino trail over yeah in, like, and pasadena and that's why the plant is like struggling yeah. and like if you want to burn white sage like grow it yourself yeah get a little pot get some yeah. seeds grow it yourself can Con- but question why you want to burn white contribute sage. Contribute it, contribute to the ecology right, of our right, environment. Right. But, but also, don't sell why it. do you want to burn white sage? But because what, yeah. y'all are burning it to cleanse, and that's not even what it's for. Mm, no. No. It's... I had to tell Jeff Goldblum that when we were on the show. <laughs> I mean, that's how that's how spread it is. <laughs> it was like, I think the house, he was talking about how the house was haunted, and so he had somebody come in with the white oh, sage no. and cleanse it. And I, we were like, uh, well, you made it worse. <laughs> oh, my God. 
It's yeah. like there's an episode of Ghosts where the the oh, girl really? like lights the white oh, sage no. and the ghosts are like, oh, that smells so good. I'm oh, gonna walk through so it. Funny. <laughs> I think there's a time and place for it, and it's not for you if yeah. it's not when you're white. That's yeah. not the time or place. Just like and don't also use like, tools you don't know what they're for. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I get, I get, I get that for non-spiritual people, especially to be like, okay, my house, is, I guess this thing is supposed to. There's a whole lot. Of, there's a lot of hoops you got to jump through yeah. to explain to them, and it's always like harder, harder for me to explain it to people that are new to their spirituality. And it's, I'm really not that patient with them, <laughs> but I'm like, it's not. You know, I don't know. White people are weird. It's wild to me that the it's white just, sage no, it's, thing it's, isn't like common knowledge yet. Like, how are we? It's still really not. About and then this? it's like, I don't know. It's wild. I was at a friend's house, and I was I explained that to her, the same person that was like, "But I was born here," and I was like, "Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> I am not drunk enough for this." And um, <laughs> I was like, "But it's but it's my responsibility. I I want." to educate what I what I can and advocate for that's what I'm trying to do okay mm-hmm. trying to do what I, I wanted to explain it I'm trying to do my <laughs> little part okay and so you know but then she was like oh let me show you my like crystal things and like brought back like and it had like white she's like well here's my appropriated white sage I guess and I was like <laughs> yeah yeah I guess I was like yeah but it's just like this you know this uh, it's interesting it's funny to watch people like like after I've like, they feel the guilt of it, and I'm like, I didn't make, I didn't fucking make the rules, bro. Like I'm just telling you, like what indigenous people have told me. All right, like I'm just, it's I'm just, just so. I'm just word. spreading the good word, man. Like, hey, and that's important. Like we can't, yeah. like we gotta listen to people. Like it's just, if if something is harmful to a community and they tell you it's harmful. Just say End okay. of story. <laughs> it's like, don't do it. Just say, okay, there's so many other plants and you can ways. You literally grow any plant you want in your own backyard yeah. and burn it. And, and, it, like, and then put some intention behind that exactly. and there you go. And then you're not burn like, some pumpkin leaves. I don't know. Over harvest. Yeah, literally. Truly. Anything. Okay, and this brings me to another idea, all this like white sage conversation. Uh, sorry, it's just the, that... it's the most accessible I, um, example. Yeah. But, like, the plants are our ancestors. Yes. That's the thing. And if you don't know who to turn to, that's a really good place to start. Like, plants are our ancestors. The rose has been around for over a million years. Magnolia trees are so prehistoric that only a certain kind of beetle can pollinate them. Bees, really? Bees are too new of a species. What? So they cannot pollinate I didn't magnolia know that. trees. Literal dinosaur trees Ugh. existing here in the same timeline as us. Yeah. Like fungi and mycelium yeah. and great oak trees. Like mm-hmm. all of these things, the Saba tree, which is sacred in so many places to so many people. Like these are our ancestors too. And when we feel lost as to which people our ancestors might be, the plants, the trees. So I said all the time, the plants, the trees, the birds, the bees, like they are the ones we can turn to to receive that wisdom and comfort. Mm-hmm. 
And like even somebody shared, Sam from Toil and Trouble mm. shared something about how like there's this one species of fungi that has like over 800,000 different genders. Yeah. Like for all of my like queer and trans folks who are Mushrooms looking are for ancestors, wild. like it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And like, like, like we come from the fungi. That's yeah, true. Like, we do. of course. Our brain, our neuro, our, the way that the fungi connect mm-hmm. under the ground is like, it mirrors like our the way our brain yes. cells, our brain, my whatever. I'm not everywhere. a scientist. Yes. Yes. It's the mm-hmm. the nerve. I don't know. And when you think about like how like mycelium allows the trees and plants to network to one another and send nutrients and stuff to yes. one another, it reminds me of how like we can read one another. Yeah. Like, read each other's energy. Yes. Read the spirits. Like we're able to send messages without speaking because we come from mushrooms mm-hmm. how cool is that ah it blows my mind but well, like mushroom. our ancestors are everywhere it's the soil it's the ocean like our ancestors are everywhere even if we feel disconnected in the moment there are ways that we can find that connection we seek mm-hmm. if we decide to be open to it yeah mm-hmm. i like that me too i feel like that's a good place to take some questions let's maybe some questions. let's take some questions a nice wrap up good job someone said not a specific cue but would love your thoughts on astrology coming soon coming soon coming soon sooner than you think uh oh oh my gosh you are both so amazing. Thank oh you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for what you do. I've been listening to your podcast, watching on YouTube, and you talk a lot about tapping into your ancestors and the magic and culture you come from. I'm a fledgling witch and so far have not found something that truly seems to work for me. Thinking about my culture, though, coming from two different Asian backgrounds but being born American, I'm not sure if I feel the same kind of connection to my cultural background and I feel like I'm also kind of phony if I try to connect with my Asian heritage when I feel almost too American to have the right to do so. Do you have any thoughts or advice? Yes. So whether you are from the Asian diaspora, Latin America diaspora, African diaspora, like you're not phony for wanting to connect with who you come no. from. No. You're not phony for wanting to connect with who you come from. That might be more of a projection of – and I'm totally making an assumption of like, if your family were maybe maybe some of your family judges you for not being Asian enough mm-hmm. or being whatever enough, or in other spaces being like yeah. not American, or you enough. don't speak yeah whatever you know Asian language, whatever native language you have, like maybe you don't speak it. And I know I'm speaking for Mike, our producer, but I know that like Mike doesn't speak Chinese, and his family doesn't give him you know for that but i think they're you know that he has some interesting opinions on like you know when you don't speak the language your parents speak or whatever i think there's there's something to be said there about like some guilt Mm -hmm. um and that's just me totally making an assumption but yeah language does make it hard like even in like or Latin, cultural, like the whatever. Latino community, like if you don't speak Spanish, yeah, you're called you're, a Nosabo kid. Yeah, like I'm not Portuguese and enough for Portuguese. Like, I know. <laughs> but no it, way. At the same time, like English is a like Spanish is also a colonial language. Right. So, like, am I any closer to right, my yeah. indigenous ancestors? Yeah, 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 for sure. But anyway, for sure. it is for your sure. 
birthright to yeah. know who yes. you come from. Mm-hmm. And reconnecting to people doesn't mean you need to become the spokesperson for them. I think that's something yes. that's important in your journey. Like you don't have to become the spokesperson for a lived experience that is not your own. And you don't have to sh- literally speak on it or share it with you anyone. This is for you. you. Know, it's, for, it's literally for you. you. Yeah, you don't have to make it, it your whole you. ass identity. Yeah. Or, hey, everyone, guess what I've... It's It's for you. It's It's between you you and your ancestors. Exactly. It's personal. It's for you. You can connect with them through divination, through channeling. You can connect with them through research. A lot of the stuff that we talked about today should be helpful for you. You, Um, But it's it's not phony. And also, I want to say that like when you're doing something you haven't done before, it's going to feel uncomfortable and strange. Yeah. And... We have to have the courage to continue through that discomfort rather than expect the discomfort to not be there yeah. as a sign that we should move forward. Mm-hmm. Like if you wait until it feels less phony, you're going to be waiting forever. The comfort yeah. and certainty comes with the experience. Yeah. Yes. Trying new things can be scary, including magical things. Yeah. But, but good luck on yes. your journey. You're not phony. You because you exist. <laughs> Let's see. Have we answered this one? Are there any books you recommend that aren't necessarily witchy? Yeah, we answered, we answered that, that one. one. How do you safely communicate with spirits, ghosts? That's a long. That's, that's a, a long question. One. That's a, like a whole episode. So I'm gonna add that to our episode yeah. list. Um, developing your psychic senses. Is okay. Is there a limit like that. that we reach? A limit. Or is it ever evolving? The limit does not exist. The limit does not exist. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think there's a limit. I think the limits, if you like no are Tyler limits. Henry and you have your own like show and you're like balling, maybe you gotta, you can chill out. Yeah, I'm just you're kidding. like, I'm just gonna, I'm, I have no maybe need to expand further. Like, like, I'm cool. <laughs> I love Tyler Henry. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But I mean, I'm just kidding monetarily maybe you could be like i'm good (laughs) but really well that's a good question for you because you're in my eyes pretty experienced with that i think it never stops evolving i don't think you could stop it if you wanted to i think it's forever yeah changing growing expanding and contracting and that's just life like if we look at nature it changes with the seasons and our psychic and spiritual gifts are no different. Mm-hmm. I don't think you ever tap out unless mm, you, you can. Maybe you, can. you get burnt out. I think yeah. you get burnt out. And you can choose to tap out. And choose to turn it off. Which but I for as long know. as you are nurturing it, it'll keep changing and changing. Yeah. Even if it's little, little baby, little baby stuff like mm-hmm. me. I um, want to see, I want to see a ghost. I want to experience spirit more literally and physically. You're ready for that? Yes. Y'all ready for this? Spirit fingers. Oh, spirit fingers. Spirit fingers. (laughs) Show people. Incredible. No, I would like, not in my house, but like somewhere else. I've imagined it happening. I'm ready to have like more more stuff. You're ready to have. I want to see a full-bodied app. Psychic phenomenon. Yeah, I got to go some real haunted places and uh, make it happen. You do that and report back. I will not I'll take you here. with me. 
at Come Back of All. I brought a spirit with me. <laughs> you're like, I need an exorcism. Come on, help me. <laughs> and I'm like, you're the girl who cried exorcism. Oh <laughs> I know. No, I'll do it safely. Like every week and it's like, do you want to do an exorcism? And like, I, I, might I never know if she's need serious. an exorcism. <laughs> I know. I like. <laughs> I like commented and shit. I'm like, yes, if you do, if no. you really need it. <laughs> I'm tempting fate. It's fine. I'm just kidding. No, I'll do it safely. Living on the edge. I know how to. I know how to wear my spiritual protection. Wear your protection. But I don't want the golf thing. Okay. Well. Oh. Yeah. This has been nice. another fun episode. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for watching Third Eye Bind. Be sure to leave us a message on the Third Eye line. Bye. Buy a t-shirt. Be like us. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow the podcast at Third Eye Bind Pod on Instagram. There, submit your questions via the Third Eye line by sending us a voice message or a text DM. The show is available wherever you listen to podcasts and for you to watch on YouTube. Get early access to episodes and even monthly one-on-one sessions with us by joining our Patreon. Find us at patreon.com slash third eye bind. Third Eye Bind is produced and edited by Mike Realm. Hosted by Caitlin Grania and Laura Wong. Music by Mike Realm. Set design by Laura Wong. You can find Laura on Instagram at Lady Moon Co. And you can find Caitlin at caitlin.grania.